2: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: And the way that you brought me back to God back to church, I didn't expect that to ever happen. You're the love of my life. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> We
2: spend
3: forever with me.
0: Yes, yeah. the chapel and we're. Okay, come
4: on.
3: <laughs> I feel a little ambushed, Justin. You're welcome. It's a little early for some emotions right now. Yeah, that's that's. Oh,
0: it's so sweet. Listen, that's me
3: uh, popping the question after uh, eight short years. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, welcome to the morning beat. Uh, Thank you for being here. Good morning, Michaela. (laughs) Good morning,
0: honey. I feel like you're a little overwhelmed, so I'll talk for you. (laughs) You guys have been engaged now for uh, just a couple of months, but you know, in the pandemic, it's been crazy, and so your fiance is brilliant at. Um, editing and making these videos. And so yesterday you guys had a big announcement. I'll let you make the announcement. But inside the announcement was also your engagement video of when you popped the question and kind of your story of nine years. And it was so beautiful, so emotional. Kingston made an appearance and um, it's been doing really well. People are so inspired by your love.
3: Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah. So I popped the question on Christmas morning and it's hard to believe that we're actually closer to the next Christmas than that Christmas. Uh, But we decided you know, we really like, we love sharing ourselves on social media with our followers and 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 our supporters and it means the world to us that people actually tune in and watch our stuff which is really cool um but we really just wanted to sort of sit in this fiance season for a while like we told ourselves like oh we'll try to do this and we're like you know what let's give it six months who cares and then it was seven and then it was almost eight and and because some things are just just for you right but also also i gotta practice what we preach right you and i talk about representation all the time how much it matters. Visibility matters. Uh, so yeah, he put out the video yesterday and overwhelmingly we've gotten so much love. Uh, we did receive an email from a man who told us that basically we we're going to burn in the fiery pits of hell. You're
4: sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, that's sorry. Terrible. Thanks, Justin.
3: Um, but, uh, <laughs> and we, and we posted that to our Insta stories, just as sort of a reminder that, you know, even, even through it all, There are still so many people who hate us and will always hate us for no reason other than their blind faith towards a fake God that doesn't really, you know, doesn't really stand for the things they stand for. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Uh, it was, it was fun, but yeah, we did use the video, uh, to announce that my partner and I, Emil, we've been working on this for about 10 months, actually, uh, we're launching a podcast in a couple of weeks, uh, called confess your mess, uh, which is really a, a fun play on, uh, a series that he's been doing on Instagram since the beginning of COVID that I pop on, uh, from time to time and join him, uh, and basically people, uh, just write in, uh tell us a secret confess their mess and then we react live or live ish uh in real time uh and then each episode we bring on a a celebrity guest Uh, we've got some really cool guests lined up to get things kicked off but uh uh you might be on that list uh but uh maybe more on that later Uh, i'll let you all know where you can listen when it's time but uh yeah it was a really great day yesterday so uh thank you for that you guys um yes congratulations honey thank you thank you thank you and you're in the video you're actually in you make a couple appearances in the video and your voice is all over it because you were there to help me pick up you you filmed you filmed like a quarter of this video at least
0: oh i love it aren't you happy i filmed it now yeah
3: i wish you wouldn't worn that hat and that hooded sweatshirt though like you're way cuter but whatever
0: oh my god i
3: did wear that (laughs) you did not get dressed up for rodeo drive honey Not that day. Come
0: on. (laughs) I think you gave me a pair of socks that day also that were sitting in your car. They were like rainbow pride flag (laughs) socks. And I was like... Bye, honey. Congratulations. <laughs> See you on later.
3: Brand for Thanks Michaela, for the though. gift. What's that? On brand for Michaela, though. Very, very on totally. brand for Michaela. She's either <laughs> full her, glam either look homeless. or looks- What's no. that? No.
0: I was just going to say I'm either homeless yeah. or fully glam. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a thousand percent. A thousand percent. All right. Well, we do have a fantastic show coming up for you today. Cory Booker is going viral for uh, for uh, <laughs> the, oh, just being Cory Booker on the floor of the Senate yesterday. Uh, got into it sort of in, in an unexpected way with the uh, senator from Alabama, uh, and we're going to be sharing that with you a little bit later on. We have so much good going on. We also were going to kick things off uh, with some information on Lil Nas X that may, you might not have realized. Uh, we're going to be talking about him in about 15 minutes from right now. But first, Michaela, it is time for News on the beat.
0: Okay, well, more than 98% of U.S. residents now live in an area with a high or substantial risk of COVID-19 community transmission, a CDC metric that involves case numbers and test positivity rates. A mere month ago, that figure was at only 19%. In some areas like Cobb County in Georgia, some schools have already had to switch to virtual learning to keep kids safe from rising infections. Experts are hoping to get children vaccinated soon and to re-up protection for vulnerable populations which could turn these worrying trends around. The FDA is expected to announce within days that it is authorizing COVID-19 vaccine booster shots for some people who are immunocompromised. Meanwhile, U.S. intelligence officials tasked with investigating the origins of COVID-19 are nearing the end of their 90-day assignment and have drafted a classified report now under preliminary review. Now, in other news, another major company has been hit by a ransomware attack. Accenture, a global consulting firm, was targeted by a ransomware gang that claims it'll publish the company's encrypted files on the dark web unless it pays up. Uh, Others... Uh, international targets like a UK rail network and an Indian news organization have been hit in the past by the same malicious software. The US government has identified ransomware attacks as a critical national and economic security threat amid a string of attacks against corporate and infrastructure targets. In a separate cybercrime, hackers stole about $600 million in cryptocurrency from the finance platform Polynetwork. Some of that money has been returned, but in all, it could be the largest crypto theft In industry's history. Now let's get into a little weather. Summer's here. It's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. It'll be a high of 106 in Vegas today, 88 in LA, 108 in Palm Springs, 90 in Miami, 66 in San Francisco, 90 in Atlanta, and 81 in Buffalo. Now, hand over to mcdonald's if you get a chance i did yesterday i was so busy so i got a kid's meal and i got a frozen coca-cola drink it was so delicious just a dollar fifty it was so good now give us a vibe of the day
3: if you focus on success you'll have stress but if you pursue excellence success will be guaranteed
0: i love that pursue excellence all right somebody who's pursuing excellence uh, is Little Nas X, and we're learning more about the man, the myth, the legend. We've got the details for you coming up
3: next. Welcome back to the morning beat. Now, we did kick things off this morning uh, with uh, some audio from my proposal video that went up on YouTube yesterday. If you want to see me pop the question to my partner of almost nine years now, uh, head over to YouTube. Uh, and check out my fiance, Emil Ennis Jr. Uh, his his page is about to be our page because we also were about to launch a whole project together, which we're really excited about. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about right now. Uh, yesterday, we posted our first in a series of engagement photos. Uh, Michaela, you know we went and shot these you know, a couple months ago. They Helen, were
0: beautiful.
3: Thank you. And, and you've seen some of them privately before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've shared them on social media. You and our mothers, because uh, you're like our other mother. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and we were super, super excited. And my partner was all about engagement photos and I wasn't that hype that hype on it. And you know how I am. I love a good photo session, honey. I love getting yes, some content. Content for the gram. Um, but I wasn't really sure why I didn't really get excited about an engagement photo shoot, right? It's just something I never really thought about. And I think sometimes as queer people, uh, first and foremost, we've only been allowed the right to marry for five or six years now. But I think sometimes we don't get excited about things or don't get hype about things because somewhere on a deeper level, maybe subconsciously, we're not that comfortable. And I'll tell you, when we were out there getting these photos taken, we were in a very popular beach, El Matador Beach down in like far Malibu. And there are a lot of people getting engagement photos, getting wedding photos, baby photos. And it's like one of those spots, right? Very picturesque. And they were all straight couples, Every single one of them, except for us. And I'm six, five and a half. My man is six, three and built like a God. And people were snickering. People were pointing. A group of guys were laughing. A straight couple was literally laughing in the corner and they kept trying to walk into our shots just to like mess it up. And I felt just really uncomfortable. Um, and realized, I think in that moment, like, oh, this is probably why I didn't want to do this because I don't, it's so hard to put yourself out there, even if you're trying to represent love sometimes. And there, we felt very much alone there. We're on a secluded beach. There's nowhere to protect us. Like there's nowhere to go. There's no allies that we knew of nearby, you know? Um, And it just sucks. It just sucks that something that's so beautiful and so cool uh, that something like that gets in your head.
0: Yeah, um, listen, and, and, I'm sorry that that happened to you.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, we're big men. Like, I can't even imagine, like, being a lesbian woman in in a relationship. And, you know, we have the stature, at least, enough to scare people off. You know, I know that you, you've been fetishized, fetishized, like, your entire adult life. And I think that it's just so frustrating to me that people still just can't get over themselves and, like, let people be.
0: Yeah. You know, well, first of all, again, I validate your experience. and like, I'm so sorry because it feels awful, especially when you're so excited to get married. You've waited nine years to get married and you've worked really hard for the ring and for the wedding. I will say this is kind of off topic. You know, I've been going to therapy, not for long. I've tried different therapists, but one exercise that she's been having me do, which I think is very interesting. And if you would have told me this a couple of years ago, I would have been like, okay, L.A., blah, blah. Like, where are my (laughs) crystals?
4: Right, (laughs) right. But, you know,
0: I I have to be honest. I got to a point where, like, I was like, I'll eat bark at this point. Like, I just want to feel good about myself. (laughs) Not bark. (laughs) (laughs) I will eat a tree. And so she has me do this exercise where, like, I visualize myself as five years old. And I know exactly what I look like. And I look very much five with, like, a lot of hair. And she says, you know, whenever you get into an uncomfortable position, you have to remember that five-year-old version of yourself. And so when it's time to stand up for yourself or when it's time to show up for yourself, you're showing up for like this younger version of you as opposed to like the 33-year-old you or the 40-year-old you or whatever. And I feel like having that mindset has changed just so much for me personally because it's helping me set boundaries that help me not take things personally. And also when I stand up for myself, I feel so much more empowered. And I was thinking like with you on the beach, that's gotta be really embarrassing and it's gotta not feel very good. But also showing up for yourself could have also meant like politely asking the couples to get the F out of your photo. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I, I mean, calling people out, I think is so underrated. And I think a big F you is a way to do it. Sometimes... But also just going up to people and being like, can you get out of my engagement photo? And the minute you call somebody out, I mean, sometimes it can get physical, but I feel like the minute you call people out, they're such cowards anyway, that they're shocked you would even say anything. Yeah. And so, you know, they do. But I feel like, especially for you during this journey, I know you're really sensitive. I know you had a crazy childhood too. And I think you just got to remember like you and Emil at five, like just being happy babies and being so excited to get married now and it's something that we you know we worked really hard for and and the engagement photo is that are stunning but the video is just beautiful and just such a beautiful expression of love
3: oh thank you i appreciate that it's it's funny how if i if i were with you and you were getting some sort of, like, people were snickering at you, I could easily go over and say something. Oh, And if yeah. anybody had said something to Emil, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Sometimes doing it for ourselves is the hardest thing. But it's I appreciate, so hard. I appreciate the advice, though. And keep going to therapy. I'm loving it.
0: I know, me too. But also, if I go to the beach with you, I will absolutely protect you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid.
1: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
5: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job
3: on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today. Come on, RuPaul's cousin Cory Booker, winning the internet once again, honey. You know we we were talking yesterday in our segment uh, Red, White, and Q uh, about the sort of uh, voterama that was taking place. Uh, in the on the House of the Senate the other night, it went into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, there was a lot of debate going on about this infrastructure bill that ended up being passed uh, with 19 votes from the uh, Republican senators and every single one of the Democrats. Right, uh, but part of that uh, sort of debate has now gone viral because the junior senator from Alabama, former Alabama football coach Tommy Tuberville. Uh, Tried to catch Democrats uh, with their pants down, basically. What happens a lot of times is with these voteramas and these long debates that take place, is whatever the opposing party may be, in this case, it's the Republicans, they oftentimes try to get the other party on record about certain things that they can then use for political ads in the upcoming midterm elections. Right. And one of those big hot button issues, a lie that is being told by the Republican Party time in and time out, like especially by senators in the Republican Party, is that senators and that are Democrats want to defund the police. Like all of them. Everybody just wants to defund the police. Right. Well, as it turns out, there's not a single Democratic senator, not one, wow, who supports defunding the police. But we know this. We know this if we pay attention. Uh, Tommy Tuberville was trying to trap the Democrats, and listen to how Cory Booker, the senator from New Jersey, responded.
5: Senator I, from New Jersey, I am so excited! This is perhaps the highlight of this long and painful and torturous night. This is a gift. If it wasn't complete abdication of Senate procedures and and, and esteem, I would walk over there and hug my
3: colleague from Alabama. Okay, so it sounds, okay, this is great, right? Yeah, he's excited. Like, oh, yeah, it sounds like bipartisanship. He's really happy. Uh, yeah. He wants to go hug a Republican. Uh, it's heading in the right direction.
5: Mm-hmm. And I will tell you right now, thank
2: God, because there's some people who have said that they're members of this deliberative body that want to defund the police, to my horror. What? So let all of us, 100 people, not walk, but
5: sashay down there and <laughs> vote for this amendment and put to rest. Lies, and I am sure I will see no political ads attacking anybody here over <laughs> to fund the police. First of all, I want to be
0: RuPaul this morning. No, like,
4: I literally, know.
0: this show, RuPaul's Drag Race, couldn't even get on its feet for like the first two seasons, and now mm-hmm. it has become. A global show, and to well, hear remember, yeah, Booker. remember the, yeah, remember,
3: yeah, remember, Cory Booker though is RuPaul's cousin. It was revealed. Oh, and that's right. We did a story on this, and that's and right. Cory Booker then appeared on RuPaul's Drag Race in April. Uh, there was like a DNA test or something done. Remember, and they re- revealed it. Who revealed it? Justin on an, an interview was it RuPaul or was it Cory Booker? I believe it was RuPaul. Yeah, I talked about this, and so then Cory Booker ended up going on the show. So to like give a nod. To the drag world in such a way on the yeah. on the floor of the Senate, Iconic. the U.S. Senate, uh, I think is just incredible. Listen, Cor- I love Corey, and I've seen him uh, speak in person. I, he never really got his presidential, you know, uh, candidacy off the ground. Uh, but to be fair, either to Kamala Harris, and now she's our vice president. Um, but I just love, I love so much when people are so naive are so just ill-informed that they think they're going to catch you in something. Yeah. Like Tommy Tuberville, the senator from Alabama, thought he was going to catch Democrats and really stick it to them. <laughs> and and when Cory Booker said, and I know we won't see any political ads about this dragging Democrats, well, let me just update you. Mitch McConnell already has released a political ad. I mean, <laughs> you can't. It's saying that the, the Democrats still want to defund the police. And they voted 99 to 0. Every single senator voted against defunding the police. Every single one.
0: But, I mean, <laughs> that's why it's it sort of takes the... Can I say this word the, the P out of of their stories, you know? Because when it comes down to it and you're voting and you have paperwork, the Dems aren't trying to do anything no. crazy. We're like we get it. Okay. They're, listen,
3: Democrats we just aren't do trying it really to silly in a
0: fun way. Sashay Totally.
3: We're silly and we're fun and we're also a little more diverse and that, that leads to some creativity, I think, in expression, uh, which is encouraged amongst progressives and liberals a little bit more than it is amongst conservatives just generally speaking um but but i think that it's just so fascinating to live in this this time this era where because of social media and a 24-hour news cycle something like this that we never would have seen before unless you were watching c-span if you even know what that is Michaela, I would, i'll give you, i'll give you a dollar
0: but it's <laughs> you, like unless they you're played watching at the bars when i go <laughs>
3: yes apparently it's a thing <laughs> so, <laughs> what bars are you going to?
0: <laughs> Honey, they played at sports bars sometimes. They played around oh, yeah. like casinos.
3: That is true. That is very you know, much all like, brand. Oh. Casinos. I absolutely see that played in the background uh-huh. of a casino at a bar. Yeah, uh-huh. A gambling spot. Yeah, I yeah. see that for sure. <laughs> but it's just wild to me that this is how things are going. This is so 2021. I also I really want to understand. say what else is very 2021 is that we're still... I saw a meme going around yesterday on social media that we're still trying to basically like heal and wrap our brains around 2020 and we're closer to 2022 already than we are to 2021.
0: I mean, it's crazy because I, (laughs) um, I, it totally makes sense. I, I feel like, I had this, um, I was filming for CW yesterday and I was like, are we doing like our normal stuff? And they were like, you know, Michaela, we thought we were really close, but with this Delta variant, we're just kind of taking it step by step again. And, uh, it just shows we're not out of the pandemic. And even in 2022, we're going to have the same concerns. You're right. All right. Well, coming up, uh, There is a celebrity that has the perfect response to being fans' gay sexual awakening. We're talking about this Zaddy coming up and what's popping.
3: Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for our first round of What's Popping. But first, I'm going to tell you what's popping our show. It's also a podcast. So if you can't listen to us in real time, don't you worry. Head over to odyssey.com right now. That is A U D A C Y. Download the Odyssey app and you can listen to us wherever you take your mobile device. It's that simple. While you're at it, please invite a friend or family member to do the same. We appreciate your support, as always. Uh, Now it's time for some zaddy news and what's popping. Michaela, what do you have for us?
0: Okay, well, Chris Maloney is apparently a zaddy. We know it he knows and now he's responding Um, he has been doing a lot of uh, photo shoots and scenes he played a bisexual character for five years and he's no doubt serving as a sexual awakening for a ton of gay teens scrolling through Instagram these days Uh, as he has for countless people over the years through roles on television, going all the way back to his Oz days. So Twitter was losing their mind. They said Chris Maloney did his finest work as Chris Keller, psycho killer on Oz. And he actually responded... He said he responded a few times. Actually, he said, I'm just doing what I can, man, just doing what I can. <laughs> um, and Twitter is just lighting up. Somebody else said, I finished the Oz series two days and I'm depressed about it, especially with the end of your character. How do I handle Chris responded? Take a shower and pretend I'll be joining you. He's literally bonding now, uh, so sexually, and it's kind of iconic. Um, Someone said, wondering if Chris Maloney has finally found a selfie to share with us. He responds, no, no shirtless selfies left, only nudes. Sorry. He's just like trolling the (laughs) internet sexually. (laughs) Okay, This is iconic.
3: I'm kind of curious to know because like, I love this, and there are definitely a couple guys that over the years growing up I would watch. I remember watching, I can't even remember the guy's name. Uh, but uh, Silk Stockings, when I was younger, the guy on that show was so hot. And it was like softcore porn at like 10, 10 p.m. I think it was on USA Network or something like that back in the day. That one used to like get me hot. Justin, do we have a name? Rob Estes, I believe? Probably. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay. A thousand percent. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then also, <laughs> I remember when Nip Tuck first started. And there was a lot going on there, but there was a scene where Mario Lopez and so many gay men right now are like gagging and screaming at this at, at their radios or their or their computers or their phones because they know exactly what I'm talking about. There was a scene where Mario Lopez took a shower uh, with one of the main characters from Nip Tuck, and the soap the soap just dripping down his back and down his oop, right down the middle of his booty. Oh my gosh! Too I, hot to handle. Too much. So listen. TV stars, some of them got it. And this yeah, this guy right do. here, he's got it.
0: He's got it, honey. He's got it. All right, well, coming up in our next hour, a scary new tool for perverts online. Should this be illegal? We're going to discuss in the next hour.
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of news on the beat. Uh, coming up this hour, though, on our show, we have um, something that... It's getting it's turning a lot of heads right now Uh, this idea of deep fake technology and how uh, things can be manipulated on the internet Uh, we've got a we've got a a story of a new tool Uh, it's kind of scary should it be illegal Uh, is it really just helping perverts online Uh, we're going to be talking about that in about 15 minutes from right now Uh, and and I think you should tune in for it because it's going to be a good one Uh, but right now though it is time for news on the beat Michaela what do you have for us
0: Well, there's a lot going on, honey. As Congress enters the August recess, Democratic organizations are hoping to keep the energy up following the recent flurry of activity around some of President Biden's top agenda items. Pro-Biden groups plan to spend millions of dollars in ad buys and other campaign opportunities to tout the multi-trillion dollar infrastructure bill and budget resolution that just passed through the Senate. This is the first prolonged congressional recess since Biden took office in January. And moments like this are key to growing and maintaining public support. Dems are also hoping to project an era of bipartisan cooperation as the all-important 2022 midterm elections approach. Now, in other news, things are getting even more expensive across the U.S. as the economy tries to keep pace against the pandemic. Consumer prices rose 4.3% in the year ending in July, and that's not including the volatile food and energy categories. Food prices are up 3.4% over last year, and meat products have seen a big rise. Gas prices also recently hit seven-year highs. The average price of a gallon was $3.19 as of yesterday morning, AAA said, a full dollar more than the same time last year. The Biden administration is calling on the organization of the petroleum exporting countries and its allies like Russia to do more to combat these rising energy prices. The administration is also trying to curtail any illegal activity that may lead to differences in oil prices and prices at the pump. Now, in uh, other news, rainbow flags were stolen by vandals at a Virginia university and replaced with Confederate flags this past weekend in an act of hate that left students feeling hurt, saddened and scared. Calling it an active display of hate and unacceptable and malicious, the Wesley Center at Virginia Tech called out the unknown vandals who stole their rainbow flag for the third time in two weeks. The Wesley Center is a religious center on campus and they have flown the, the rainbow flag for years. The previous two times, the rainbow flag was just stolen, but this past Saturday, the perpetrators left a Confederate flag. Uh, this one was just an escalation when the Confederate flag was put up in its place. Uh, campus Minister Brett Gresham, who runs the Wesley Center, told The news. He said he also hopes someone will come forward with information about the theft, and Wesley Center uh, is posting about them on Facebook. Uh, It was ended with We know that this act of hate can be traumatic and triggering for many. Please reach out if you need to process or talk about this event with anyone. How sad. If you don't think it's happening, it's still very much happening.
3: No, but the Confederate flag is only about Southern pride. It has nothing to do with racism or anti-anything, right? Of course. Right?
0: Why would they use that? Of course. Also, just a reminder,
3: that wasn't actually the Confederate flag that was flown during the Confederacy. That was created in the 1960s as a response to the Civil Rights Movement in the South. So, that's not actually the Confederate, Confederate flag, so... It's all just about race.
0: Yep. All right. Let's get into a little weather. Summer's here. It's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's, a high of 81 in Buffalo, 90 in Chicago, 95 in St. Louis, 108 in Indio, 90 in Atlanta, 68 in San Francisco. Now, if you're passing a McDonald's, I recommend stopping and getting a frozen Coca-Cola drink. I had one yesterday. It was delicious. Uh, And it's just $1.50. Now, give us a vibe of the day.
3: You want a vibe of the day? I'll give you a vibe of the day. Michaela Gordon, here it is. If you focus on success, you'll have stress. But if you pursue excellence, success will be guaranteed.
0: Love to see it. All right, coming up, a scary new tool for perverts online. Should this actually be illegal? I think so. And we're going to talk about it coming up.
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. Now, there's some technology going around. that has been around for a bit, but it's it's, it's getting more and more dangerous. We're talking about... um, Deepfake technology, artificial intelligence, uh, and the way that it generates nudes now has really caught our attention. Uh, there's a powerful deepfake tool that can digitally undress women, fully clothed women, uh, and it's getting millions and millions and millions uh, of, of of views and eyeballs. And people are people are using this technology. It's been around for a while, uh, but it's sweeping the web right now, and it has us concerned. Uh, there was even an app. Uh, it's not around anymore, but it was called Deep Nude, uh, and it went viral back in 2019. At the time, had over 38 million hits in a single year. Now These are people who want to see naked women who aren't actually naked. they can be fully clothed. Michaela, you could be wearing a turtleneck and jeans and boots and a scarf and a jacket and layers and layers and layers, and this technology can be used um, to not just... Make you look nude. It could also make you look like you're dancing nude, or even in a pornographic video. Uh, this is scary to me. You know, technology can be great. Social media can be great. There's some really wonderful things about social media. If it weren't for social media, we wouldn't have times up and the Me Too movement and the Black Lives Matter movement wouldn't have grown to the level globally that it has. Right? Uh, I don't know that we'd be allowed to get married just yet if it weren't for social media. Um, but with the good comes the bad. This is scary. I
0: feel like we like, yeah, I mean, social media is great. But also I feel like this story really like kind of triggers me and it really, it bothers me so much because out of the 38 million hits of watching women, none of those are geared towards men. You actually can't even look at men if you pull up a photo of a cisgender man clothed. The site gives him breasts and a vulva. And if you think we're not living in a misogynistic world, the truth is we still are. And I feel like I've been doing a lot of work just becoming a better woman and understanding femininity and, and really looking at all the things that you know women have done. And we are super powerful. And our bodies really were created to feed our children, to birth our children. And if we choose not to use our bodies to have children, Still our prerogative still should not be sexualized And it's a very scary thing to know that I not only could post a photo of me and lisa And that be undressed and sexualized I could put a photo of my five-year-old niece on my instagram Let's say because i'm proud of her yesterday was her first day of kindergarten And knowing that her little tiny body could be exposed I think it's gross and I think that um you know, you and I have talked about this in depth about bringing it up, but there's a popular gay club called the Abbey, and many women have been coming out on social media saying that they've been drugged by bartenders, they've found themselves awake in other people's homes, and uh, it, we're not—we have not come far enough where women feel safe. We don't feel safe in gay bars. We don't feel safe on the internet. These are not problems that men have. And, you know, it's not even being addressed properly. The Abby came out with a statement shortly after, and it really felt like victim blaming. I don't think it was good enough. And it just makes me so sad for me and all of my girlfriends and my nieces and my friends' daughters, because we do not live in a safe world.
4: No, I
3: hear you. I can't even imagine, you know, what it's like to be a woman. And, and I have my own insecurities as a gay man, and, and I'm still a six foot five cis white man. You know, what I mean there's a lot of privilege in that and I'm aware of that. Um what is the solution? Do we do we make these things illegal? Do we need our, our our senators or our congresspeople to step up? Do we need Joe Biden on this? Like what do you think the solution is? How do we get rid of this stuff? Because it feels to me a little bit like the train has left the station and we're rolling along with technology. And I think that as a s as a culture globally, we appreciate the benefits of technology more than we're concerned about the dark side of technology. And until there's a tipping point, uh, I think that we're going to keep on rolling. And I don't think people are really going to care that much. And that really, really, really scares me because lives can be completely ruined. There could be a video of you made by somebody randomly with a vendetta or just because they think it's funny. And that could be a video of you as simple as just being nude which if you wanted to post on your own, that's absolutely fine. But for somebody else to post a real or fake one is not. Uh, and th- they could go as far as making you like take act, like be a part of like a porn- pornographic like video. Like that ruins lives. It ruins, it ruins careers, it ruins families. That It's scary.
0: But also it's shameful. I mean, I feel like so many people deal with like shame and guilt anyway. But then if you see yourself like being exposed on the internet without even giving permission even if it's just
3: a cgi even if it's not actually you it's it's it feels i would assume just as much a violation it would feel this as it would feel like an equal violation to me as if it were actually real stuff even maybe more so because because you didn't have any control over it
0: yeah i feel like i i feel like women have been fighting this fight for a long time i don't know if the government comes through i know that also women who have spoken out about being sexually abused or harassed. Um, it's not always taken seriously. It's not the first thing that people care about, like you said. Um, so it's okay to sexualize us, but not to listen to us. And it's a fight that we'll continue to have. And I'm happy that we can have this conversation on this show. I just wish it was happening <clears throat> more and more publicly. All right, coming up, imagine thinking you're vaxxed, but the nurse switched the vials. This happened, and we've got the details coming up next.
3: Back to the morning beat. Now, if you've paid any attention to the world over the last few years, especially during this global pandemic, uh, the anti-vaxxer sort of uh, movement has only grown and grown and grown. People aren't really interested in facts anymore. They don't trust scientists and doctors. There's a lot of misinformation out there, right? Uh, We could go down a QAnon conspiracy hole for the entire show and never get any closer to the truth. Uh, than we are at this moment, so we're not even going to waste our time doing that. However, it is important to point out uh, how dangerous that can be to the lives of, well, 8,600 people in Germany uh, that we know of right now. And if it's happening there, it could be happening everywhere. So apparently there's a nurse in Germany who's an anti-vaxxer, right? People are coming to get the COVID vaccine from her. 8,600 people she injected with a saline solution, a placebo Instead of the vaccine, because she didn't believe in the vaccines. Now this story infuriates me; it makes my blood boil. Um, and she's a Red Cross nurse. The Red Cross. Listen, <laughs> she's I mean- in custody. I mean, the police police are investigating her right now, actually. But the the arrogance and the audacity to take it upon yourself to make a choice for somebody else's health is just beyond infuriating to me.
0: Yeah, I think that's the problem. People are literally coming to you expecting that they're getting the vaccine. If you're an anti-vaxxer, that's one thing. I mean, that's totally on you to deal with you and in your own household. But to be a nurse, to be telling people that you're going to be getting something that they believe is going to protect them and save their lives. And you're like, no, it's just a placebo. I mean, it's, I mean, she should almost go to, to jail for murder. Like what if they died?
3: Absolutely, if one of those people die, that blood is on her hands. Yes. Because as we as we know, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the the lethal cases of COVID right now are all non vaccinated people here in the United States. Yeah, I and mean even are-
0: double vaxxed are coming uh, are getting COVID. I know a story just of a makeup artist friend of mine it got the whole uh, private plane got. Uh,
3: no yeah no, no. yeah, no, you can. And, and, that's, and that's an important thing to clarify. You can still get COVID like we can get COVID and pass COVID all day long. I'm saying, though, that ninety nine point nine nine percent of people who are dying of COVID right now, the serious issues are all unvaccinated. Yeah. And so it's not th- these vaccines aren't here to make us not get COVID. Like Dr. James has said many, many times on our show, we're all going to get it at some point. We're all going to have COVID. We're all going to come in contact with it. It's whether or not we have the immunities, whether natural from having had it before and recovered or getting vaccinated, that are going to keep us out of the hospital and keep us from dying. And she's not giving these people that option, 8,600 people because of this one nurse. And she's not alone. I know this story is coming out of Germany. So you might be thinking like, why, why, why are we talking about it? Well, it's it, it's not impossible. that it's already happening here in the United States. Uh, just in June, A hospital in Texas suspended 178 employees, 178 employees that work at a hospital. They were suspended for two weeks without pay uh, because they refused to get the coronavirus vaccine. Now, some of these people may have been tasked with giving other people a vaccine or working in some sort of administrative way to document vaccines. And if they're not willing to get a vaccine themselves, it makes me concerned how willing they are to do their jobs to make sure other people are getting the vaccine too. Like you can be an anti-vaxxer all day long. Yeah. I think anti I think anti-vaxxers are Neanderthals. Personally, my yeah. sister's an anti-vaxxer. She's not vaccinating my nephews, and it drives me nuts. My mom well, cries about it. It's but I can also respect it's their choice. But not when you're going to lie to people who think they're getting the vaccine, and you're giving them what a saline solution. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. To your point, when I said that people that are double vaxxed are getting COVID. They're still alive. And that's my sure. point. That's yes. why it's problematic that people that yep. are not vaxxed, they, they don't stand a chance. If people that are double vaxxed are at least yeah. being okay, I mean, you yeah. don't. And, and I think that I would be, like, let's make it personal. What if that was your mother that went to get vaccinated and yeah. thought that she went to this nurse and then she died?
3: Like, I'll say th- I'll say this to you because, because I know that you're more caring about the people around you sometimes than you are about yourself. So what if you found out that Lisa love of your life, got vaccinated, then all of a sudden she's sick on a ventilator in a hospital and dies. And you find out somewhere along the line that the nurse that gave her her vaccine actually gave her a saline solution.
0: How do you react? I mean, we would both be in prison for murder because I would literally percent. take her out. And that's, I think, why it's percent. important to make it personal. You know, Sky, who I love so much, she lost her mother in COVID. And while people are coming together and saying, OK, well, things are trying to get back to normal, she says every day, it's normal for you. It's not normal for me. The people that really came close to COVID or lost people that they loved, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel normal. And if you or someone that you loved went to get vaccinated and it was just a placebo and they died... I mean, it's just completely irresponsible. And I'm sure it's happening here in the United States, unfortunately. All right. Well, coming up in What's Poppin', fans are ripping apart new Jeopardy! hosts uh, and we'll discuss coming up next.
3: Major news and what's popping for all of you uh, Jeopardy fans. Michaela has the latest details for you in just a moment. But first, I do want to remind you to download the Odyssey app at audacy.com. Why, you might ask? Well, I'm going to tell you right now because our show is also a podcast. So if your schedule is in flux... Uh, And you can't listen to us in real time. Uh, You can listen to us on your own time, wherever you take your mobile device uh, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, invite your friends and family to do the same. We need listeners. I'm just going to be real honest. We need listeners. And we appreciate each and every one of you. So uh, head over to odyssey.com right now. Uh, Michaela Gordon, big news for Jeopardy fans. Uh, I know our producer Justin is a huge Jeopardy fan, even though uh, he's been raked over the coals coals by family members entire life. And you've never won an actual Jeopardy contest Justin is that correct you're, you're 0 for 312 I,
4: I'm, I'm sending a private message to AJ right
3: now he's, so. he's flipping me the bird right now Michaela. he's upset what do you got for us
0: Well, it looks like the popularity of the new host of Jeopardy is in fact in jeopardy. Now, news broke yesterday that after a long and exhaustive search for the new host of the iconic game show, uh, Mayim Bialik has scored the coveted job, um, and so has uh, Mike Richards, which fans are not happy about. Now, I'm actually really happy for Maya Bialik. I think having female representation is very important, but I think everybody was really looking for uh, LeVar Burton, who guest-hosted the quiz show in July. Uh, that's who people wanted. Megan McCain, disappointedly, tweeted, why couldn't they just give it to LeVar Burton like literally everybody on the planet wanted? Oscar-winning filmmaker Matthew A. Cherry interjected, R.I.P. Jeopardy was fun while it lasted. Another New York Times reporter tweeted, after all that, the Jeopardy exec producer chose himself, LMAO. And a lot of people feel this way. I I think it was such an odd choice to go with two cis white people. And I feel like it would have really said so much had they chosen um, not the executive producer, but LeVar Burton, and if they were going to choose a second, Maya Bialik. And people are not happy about it, and I totally understand why. Yeah, I mean,
3: I get that. I think that I watched I watched Mike Richards host. I think he's really, really, really good. And he's been working in as an EP. By the way, he didn't choose himself at all in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't have any, any say in that choice. Is he exe- the executive producer? Sure. But he's not the one who pulls the strings. He's not the one who makes the money decisions. Um, and I will say one thing that Alex was always a proponent of was that the show was bigger than him and that's what sort of made alex direct so lovable like you never knew about his personal life he wasn't like a pop culture icon for anything other than jeopardy and if mike richards is willing to step in in that way i'm all for it because i'm all for diversity inclusion everything else right but I don't think just like plugging in a black guy for a white guy is like the solution. I don't think that's the smartest thing. Um, my Bialik I think is interesting. I think they're trying to expand the Jeopardy universe. Um, I think that it takes away from her moment though to announce it in the same sentence as Mike Richards. I think if they were gonna announce that they were doing a spinoff for her, they should have announced it first or weeks down the road, like staggered it. Because I think, as a woman, this is a huge deal. Whether she's cis, straight, gay, lesbian, I don't care. As a woman, it's a big deal. I just feel like they stole so much of her thunder by announcing it with a cis white guy. I, I, straight white, that well, bugs it, me.
0: I think that Mayim is so incredible. She's a, she's an actual oh, no, scientist. She's a genius. And she had. A real career in Hollywood. Um, She sort of has done it all, like kind of an enigma. Somebody that I really look up to, and I think a lot of young girls. Nicest,
3: nicest people you'll ever meet in your entire life. I've interviewed her a couple of times. She's so genuinely kind.
0: Yeah, I think it's really, really important that we, uh, that we celebrate her. And I think that little girls can really look up to her. I agree with you. Maybe we shouldn't just put a black guy in the role. I do think, though, however, LeVar could have absolutely taken on the role. And I, I will say, I think that Mike, Richards, they, look, he's an executive producer. It wasn't his decision, but he's been around for years. He's been able to, you know, befriend people. Not to take away from him, I just, I feel like we're moving forward in a lot of ways, and I, I just, that's my point of view. Other people felt the way, a lot of people felt the way that you did as well, um, saying that LeVar Burton is a GOAT, but terrible fit for Jeopardy. So, it's all over the place. It's how it's going to be when you announce a new host. But congratulations to the current hosts. I know something is going to be brewing for LeVar, I'm sure, with the way that people are upset. So, I think everybody wins in the end. No pun intended. (laughs) Now, coming up... (laughs) A new documentary called Pray Away is out on Netflix, and we're going to discuss and explore the pain inflicted on ex-gay people coming up in the next hour.
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. It's time for another round of News on the Beat. I do want to remind you, coming up this hour, uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by uh, marriage and family therapist James Gay. Uh, but first, uh, we're going to tell you why. We're going to be talking about this new documentary. It just came out on Netflix about a week or so ago. I... Personally, I'm going through some some issues uh, with uh, with family and uh, my my upcoming marriage and sexuality and faith and it's all kinds of really tricky, messy, yucky stuff that as queer people, uh, all too many of us have encountered. Right, and so I watched this documentary called "Pray Away" the other night. Uh, it, it focuses on uh, Exodus, which was a large organization for many many decades uh, that. Believed in the power of conversion therapy, which every single scientist and and, and medical professional and psychologist and psychiatrist around the world has now said is insane. Like it, it, it does not work, and we know that we know how damaging it can be. But this documentary is very powerful. We're going to have a conversation about it in about 15 minutes, and then after that, we're going to be joined by our marriage and family therapist uh, to go a little bit deeper because this is an issue that impacts so many in our community and it's just nonsense it really is pure and utter nonsense uh that we can't all just live happy full uh lives and celebrate ourselves and celebrate our community because we're beautiful and we're incredible uh so stick around it's gonna be a really powerful hour here on the morning beat uh currently though it's time for news on the beat uh, michaela it's your time to shine
0: well let's talk about that <clears throat> it's a really important documentary and we need to watch this because all over the world there's still so much Gay hate. Rainbow flags were stolen by vandals at a Virginia university and replaced with confederate flags this past weekend in an act of hate that left students feeling hurt, saddened and scared. Calling it an active display of hate and unacceptable and malicious the Wesley Center at Virginia Tech called out the unknown vandals who stole their rainbow flag for the third time in two weeks. The Wesley Center is a religious center on campus and they have flown the rainbow flag for years. The previous two times the rainbow flag was just stolen but this past Saturday the purple traders left a Confederate flag. Uh this one was just an escalation when the Confederate flag was put in its place. Campus minister Brett Gresham, who runs the Wesley Center, told the news. Gresham said that he has reported the incident to the Blacksburg Police Department. He also said that he hopes someone will come forward with information about the theft, and the Wesley Center posted about them on Facebook. As always, we strive to make Wesley a safe and affirming place for all people. This hate crime goes against all that we believe and we want our LGBTQ+ community to know that we will always love support and embrace you with open arms. We know that this act of hate can be traumatic and triggering for many. Please reach out if you need to process or talk about this event with anyone. I will say that's a really great response. Um, In regards to this But it's very sad And it's very sad That it's still happening um, All over the world But particularly In the United States Absolutely In other news More than 98% Of U.S. residents Now live in an area With a high Or substantial risk Of COVID-19 Community transmission A CDC metric That involves case numbers And test positivity rates A mere month ago That figure was at only 19% In some areas Like Cobb County in Georgia some schools have already had to switch to virtual learning to keep kids safe from rising infections. Experts are hoping to get children vaccinated soon and to re-up protection for vulnerable populations, which could turn these worrying trends around. The FDA is expected to announce within days that it is authorizing COVID-19 vaccine booster shots for some people who are immunocompromised. Meanwhile, U.S. intelligence officials tasked with investigating the origins of COVID-19 are nearing the end of their 90-day assignment and have drafted a classified report now under preliminary review. All right, rounding out news. As Congress enters the August recess, Democratic organizations are hoping to keep the energy up following the the recent flurry of activity around some of President Biden's top agenda items. Pro-Biden groups plan to spend millions of dollars in ad buys and other campaign opportunities to tout the multi-trillion dollar infrastructure bill and budget resolution that just passed through the Senate. We'll continue talking about this uh, this week, but let's get into a little weather. It's here. It's Queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 66 in San Francisco, 95 in Phoenix, 91 in Seattle, 99 in Baltimore, 90 in Chicago, 97 in St. Louis, and 108 in Cathedral City. Now head on over to McDonald's and get a frozen Coca-Cola drink for just $1.50. I had one yesterday, and it was delicious. Now give us a vibe of the day.
3: If you focus on success, you'll have stress. But if you pursue excellence, success will be guaranteed.
0: Great, I love that. All right, coming up, a new Netflix documentary called Pray Away explores the pain inflicted by ex Gay Ministries. We go in depth, coming up next.
3: I was active in the gay community for 13 years.
1: I was in it for six years, then struggled for five years before finding true freedom.
3: It
5: was 13 years for me.
1: Four for me. We both walked away from it. I personally came out of the homosexual lifestyle.
5: And we're just saying that if you want to change,
3: there is a way to do it
1: i spent a lot of time thinking how did i believe that
3: i I watched this this documentary the other night called pray away it just came out a week or so ago on uh netflix and these these people so many of these founders of this exodus group that started in the late 70s and, and dismantled a few years ago uh, Exodus International was a gay conversion therapy sort of um, system, network of churches all over the place uh, where people would be sent. Teenagers would be sent by their families. Adults would go seeking to find a way to pray away their hurt and their pain. And as you know, Michaela, this weekend I went through some stuff with my sister and she and I have had the most rocky relationship the last few years. Uh, since she found Christ and became a born-again Christian, right? And when you met her, she was a very, very different person. She was one of our best friends. She was like the fun sister that we all went out and had a good time with, right? Super supportive of everybody, never had a judgment in her bone until she found Christ in her mind. And so as part of my healing, I, I saw this documentary pop up, and I thought I would watch it. To be honest, it's a bit triggering, It was difficult. It wasn't always easy to watch. Um, But there was some healing in it too, because the narrative that there is, in fact, something to pray away is just wrong. And it's never been accurate. And conversion therapy is so, so, so damaging. Um, And so I thought I really wanted to bring this to the show this week and just have a conversation about it. And I know that we're going to be joined by. Uh, marriage and family therapist James Gay in our next segment, um, but I thought you and I could just have a candid conversation as two friends um, who love and support each other. Uh, you're my new sister, by the way, so that, that <laughs> you got to fill in the gap. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate. And I know you also grew up in the Catholic Church, and you have you know you you've experienced the sort of religion of it all too.
0: Yeah, I mean, growing up in Catholic school, obviously being gay is not cool. I grew up with a lesbian. Mother who dropped me off at Catholic school with her very butch girlfriend. And so that was a spectacle. But I've never fallen into the trap of feeling I needed to pray my gayer way or that <clears throat> God wouldn't love me. I will say, though, it does hit very, very differently when somebody that you love, respect, admire says, Well, you're not really gay or come on, you can change it. I mean, you do start to rethink something that you really, really know is true, which is yeah. you are gay. That's, and to yeah. have that turmoil at any age, I remember I spoke to somebody I love very much and her only answer was, well, you know, you'll deal with God when the time comes. Ugh. And I was like,
3: oh, God.
0: what?
3: So, so hurtful.
0: It's so hurtful. And you, you love these people or you don't like these people, but hearing that any part of you is wrong is just always very defeating. Yeah. Um, And I feel like it's important to have this documentary because so many live with these uh, issues in silence because they don't know other people have to go through this as well.
3: Well, I'll I'll share with you an email that my partner and I received yesterday after we – this was in response to – well, you shared a photo announcing that we had our proposal video coming up and then our proposal video went up on my partner's YouTube channel yesterday, right? And this man, I'll just call him Colton. His name is Colton. Hopefully it's not Underwood. That would break my heart. I have a crush on him. Uh, Colton decided to reach out and said, dear Emil, and he also found my email address online and tagged me in the email, CC'd me. How could you betray God and our ancestors with this foolishness? What does the Bible say about man lying with man? Do you want to burn in hell forever? If your mom and dad hadn't effed, would you be here today? I am demanding you repent today. You must denounce homosexuality and you must find you a church girl to be fruitful and multiply. Peace, Colton. This man, who we don't know, we've never met, decided to reach out and use such vulgar words to let us know that we need to repent immediately and go make babies with women? Like, how on earth? Does anybody believe that bull, especially in the name of God? And that's the hardest part because sometimes it hurts worse when it's a family member, but sometimes it hurts worse when it's an incomplete stranger because at least with a family member, you can sort of rationalize, well, maybe she's actually mad about this or this or this. Like we've had disagreements our entire lives. It's my sister. But when it's somebody who's never met you, you're like, you just hate me that much you have never had a conversation. But they hate
0: themselves that yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, it's they hate themselves. Because it, in no world would I ever attack somebody, especially who I've never met, via social media. I mean, they yeah. like, call them keyboard warriors. Yep. You know, it's like, People are so angry right now. People are angry, even more so because they lost their jobs. They ran out of money. We've been stuck inside for eighteen months. We don't know now about this Delta variant. I mean, there's so many things. People lost loved ones. People are so so angry that all they know to do is just lash out at other people who seemingly are living really fabulous, authentic lives. Yeah. And I think it's important while you go through, you know, your engagement and and all of you know, adding to social media because. Um, People are just angry right now. But I want to continue this conversation. It is Therapy Thursdays with our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. What he thinks and some things that we need to know coming up next.
3: You're listening to The Morning Beat. If you're just now joining us, we're having a conversation uh, about gay conversion therapy. And, uh, you know, I shared that I went through some personal stuff recently with a family member judging my sexuality. That was really, really difficult for me to go through once again. At age 41, I'm still dealing with it, as many of you know our listeners are in different ways. Um, and I turned to a new document, documentary that came out on Netflix recently called Pray Away. And It's this idea of praying away the gay, right? And a, a, a phrase we've heard all too often in our community. Uh, but to help us... Uh, Make sense of it all and to give some of his expert advice as he always does is our marriage and family therapist james gay james thank you so much for being here you're Um, very welcome happy to be here so now we're not, what we're not going to do today is debate the validity of con- gay conversion therapy because we all know it's insane and nobody supports it anymore outside of the church, right? Thank you. Yeah. Yes, so, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but for for anybody who finds themselves in a position like I did, like Saturday, for instance, uh, full transparency, I'm 41 years old. I've been through therapy. I've been through it all. I thought I was fine. And then to find out that my own sister feels this way still when I thought we'd move past it, that, you know, that I need to mm-hmm. repent and I'm, I'm not living my life authentically in God's eyes and I'm going to go mm-hmm. to hell. All right. of a sudden I'm like, wait, what? I thought I was good. And I just, it devastated me for days. Yeah. Now, so yeah. for anybody going through that with a family member or a close friend, um, I know Michaela's been there as well with, with family. Like what sort of advice do you give to clients that might say, I I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to do.
5: Yeah. Well, you know, quite frankly, from lived experience and, and certainly from talking to lots of people in similar situations, you know, I don't know that it does a, tr- a ton of good to debate, you know, whether or not, you know, God or certain religions or, you know, um, it, it ultimately accept or appreciate or affirm LGBTQ people. I just don't see those conversations go be, resolving very well or going anywhere. Yeah. Um, And I also think it's important to acknowledge that religious spiritual abuse happens, and this is part of that, right? Where, you know, there's this, you know, othering, this holier-than-thou, the looking down upon, you know, a lot of religions, unfortunately, conservative, fundamental ones, not all, but many, um, do, you know, devalue LGBTQ people or any sort of element of diversity, sexual diversity or gender diversity. And it's just, it's harmful. It's not okay. But again, you know, I, I believe in fighting the good fight, but, you know, being really strategic with how we're doing that and, and these endless debates on whether or not it's sinful or not, I just don't see being very helpful long term or for
3: our souls. (laughs) What do you you recommend? Oh no, go ahead. Michaela, I want to hear your thoughts.
1: I just
0: don't understand how torturing somebody would want someone to change their mind. I mean, we've heard horror stories of being electrocuted, of having people's faces up against big ice uh, chests and having to lay down with older, much older men naked in the hopes of you know, making these people choose to be straight. And I feel like that should always be the argument because especially in any religion, I think that torture is also a sin.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you know, there's, there's so much, you know, um, there's so many hypocritical things in the ways that, that those that are trying to oppress LGBTQ people you know, um, use in terms of, you know, we're supposed to love, we're supposed to, you know, there's so many different sort of values that are worthwhile and helpful and, and healing and connecting that are absolutely ignored and dismissed. And I think that's the real sin or evil here, you know, I, when people are going through conversion therapy, ex-gay ministries that still exist, unfortunately, today. There's been up to, you know, nearly 700,000 LGBTQ people have experienced some form of conversion therapy in their lifetime. And those numbers are astronomical. It's, it's wrong. It's harmful. It impacts people for years and decades. Um, and it's it's all based on the premise that there is something flawed, evil, wrong, you know, with uh, unhealthy, with being LGBTQ, which is simply just unfounded.
3: If you're just now joining us, we're talking to marriage and family therapist James Gay about conversion therapy in this new documentary, Pray Away, on Netflix. Uh, James, I'm curious to know, because I think the hardest thing for many, and I'll say personally for me as well, is when somebody who you've known and loved for so many years all of a sudden changes. They're born they're mm-hmm. born again or sort of radicalized. And I'm just kind of mm-hmm. curious to know because I've 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 tried to talk compassionate kind circles around this conversation and it's gotten wow. me nowhere. And right. I'm just curious, speaking from your expertise, how does somebody mm-hmm. mentally change mm-hmm. that drastically? Like how mm-hmm. How do cults exist? How do conspiracy right. theories exist? How do people fall mm-hmm. down these belief systems that they never ever ever had? and it seems like just overnight mm-hmm. they're a different person
5: yeah, yeah, I mean it it is um it's something that you know people think that only the vulnerable, only the weak will you know kind of get into cult like thinking and and it's you know only up to unintelligent. Um, and it's unfortunately, it's not true. All of us can, you know, succumb to those types of things in certain circumstances, and those circumstances are ones that that have a variety of thought reform techniques, um, undue influence in terms of, you know, um, uh, you know, a lot of cult speak and thinking that removes them from being able to contradict the leaders, that removes their ability to think for themselves that, you know, and it's a slow progression. It's, it's not so obvious sometimes in the beginning, you know, it can be sort of killing them with kindness or, you know, um, it, it getting them adopted into the group sort of think and speak in ways that, you know, uh, eventually they they can find themselves in that kind of situation. It's really, really horrifying and upsetting and disturbing. And yet it it, it still happens.
0: James Gay, I feel like it's, I was just saying it sounds so similar to like grooming, essentially. They, you know, prepare you to sort of make you feel safe, make you feel loved, and then bam, you're in conversion therapy. However, I do want to talk about when you're ready to either leave conversion therapy or even just in AJ's case, really taking your power back. I think that we know people that are vulnerable often give all their power away, but when it's time to put your foot down and it's time to set a boundary saying, not only do I not care if you don't accept me, this is how it's going to look when you do communicate with me. Maybe we could discuss uh, boundaries. We're discussing when enough is enough, putting your foot down and setting boundaries. More with marriage and family therapist, James Gay.
3: Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're joined again by marriage and family therapist, James Gay, talking about gay conversion therapy. And and before we went to break, Michaela uh, brought up a really, really powerful topic that I, I personally need some help on right now, James, to be honest. Uh, so thank you for joining us for this conversation. Um, setting boundaries. So I'm the one in the family that, especially since my grandmother passed, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, uh, I'm sort of the glue. I'm one of the one of the ones like that, that has sort of stepped up amongst the cousins to keep us all sort of in contact, you know? And as the years go by, that's harder and harder. And our immediate family is at risk right now because of, you know, my sister's beliefs about me. And when my mom reached out to me yesterday, we were talking through it. My mom has been incredible. She totally supports me, but it's also her daughter. And her daughter has two children she's adopted now. So she doesn't want to lose her grandkids. And I don't want to lose my nephews. And it feels like we're being manipulated a bit. But it also feels like there's nothing we can do if we still want to see these children. And our neighbor said to my mom, the only thing you can do as a Christian is actually just forgive. Right? Just forgive. And I know that's hard. And, you know, AJ is 100% right. And his sister is 100% wrong. But I know AJ. And he always forgives. It's what he's going to do. It's who he is. And I appreciated hearing that. But I was also really angry when my mom texted me Mm -hmm. that. Like, almost mm. like I'm expected to be the one to forgive again, and it kind of, it ticked yeah. me off, to be honest, and I don't know how to process it. Of course.
5: It. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about the the concept and the idea of forgiveness that I think is, you know, just inundated in our culture from Judeo-Christian belief. And, you know, I just want to acknowledge that that you can't jump to forgiveness and have it be genuine. There's a process that we have to go through in order to get there in the first place um, of expressing and owning our feelings, of asserting our needs and our boundaries. And I also wanna say that I don't always think it's necessary for true healing to occur within, right? There needs to be a certain level of internal resolution as it relates to the people that have harmed us, but I don't think that that necessarily requires us to forgive or be in contact you know, or any of those kinds of things. And I know that's contradictory to a lot of the messaging that we've received, but you know, I, I just hear you in, in what you're describing as, you know, you are sort of the, the, the one that is put in a position to be better than, or to, you know, buck up or to be the, 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 the you know, the mediator or the person that um, steps up in the situation. And I think it's a, you know, just it's too much responsibility. Um, it's unfair. It's unjust. And, and my heart goes out to you, AJ. James, oh, wow. uh, if Thank you're you.
0: just joining us, we're talking with marriage and family therapist, James Gay. I think oftentimes just to piggyback what AJ is saying is we're told to be the bigger person. I know from me and my family, my aunt always says, just be the bigger person, be the bigger person. And recently I started therapy mm-hmm. and she said you know what, Michaela? You don't need to be the bigger person. Sometimes you just need to say "fu." you. And I was like, oh, what? Like a therapist said
5: that? Freedom. And then right. I was like, oh
0: my God, this relief that came off of yeah. my shoulders because I think that we're taught, Good. forgive, be the mm-hmm. bigger person. And then we just kind of get stuck having to still deal with all these feelings where while well, everybody else gets to act like the child. And yep. so- is it okay to say "f you" simply like like? Can AJ <laughs> literally be like, "Hey, Carrie, f you"? <laughs> I mean, I will for him, but you right, said I right.
5: get not it. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, it, it's 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 one of those things where it's not our job as sexual or gender minorities to make other people feel comfortable about their homophobia, biphobia, or transphobia. Right? It is just not our burden to hold. And even if the systems of oppression want that to happen, want us to be the better person or to be quiet or not stand up for ourselves or not have a natural, organic human response to hate. That is completely unfair and and not helpful for any of us, right? We have to be able to own who we are, push back, set boundaries. Being the better person in these instances, is, as far as I'm concerned, is about speaking our truth. It can be with love, but firmness and and saying, no, you don't get to dictate that for me. You don't get to speak to me that way. It is not okay right yeah mm.
0: oh thank you so much james gay so thank good. you for yeah, thank um you. also just giving our listeners permission to say f you because i i think it's just something that we don't talk <laughs> about enough and we appreciate you so much now coming yeah. up uh in the next hour is gay culture disappearing we're going to talk about what one director has to say coming up next
3: Welcome back to the Morning Beat. We're joined again by marriage and family therapist James Gay, talking about gay conversion therapy. And and before we went to break, Michaela uh, brought up a really really powerful topic that I, I personally need some help on right now, James. To be honest. Uh, so thank you for joining us for this conversation. Um, setting boundaries. So I'm the one in the family that, especially since my grandmother passed, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. Uh, I'm sort of the glue. I'm one of the one of the ones like that, that has sort of stepped up amongst the cousins, to keep us all sort of in contact, you know. And as the years go by, that's harder and harder. And our immediate family is at risk right now because of, you know, my sister's beliefs about me. And when my mom reached out to me yesterday, we were talking through it. My mom has been incredible. She totally supports me, but it's also her daughter, and her daughter has two children she's adopted now. So she doesn't want to lose her grandkids. And I don't want to lose my nephews. And it feels like we're being manipulated a bit but it also feels like there's nothing we can do if we still want to see these children. And our neighbor said to my mom, the only thing you can do as a Christian is actually just forgive, right? Just forgive. And I know that's hard and, you know, AJ is 100% right and his sister is 100% wrong, but I know AJ and he always forgives. It's what he's going to do, it's who he is. And I appreciated hearing that, but I was also really angry when my mom texted me Mm -hmm. that like almost yeah. like I'm expected to be the one to forgive again. And it kind of, it ticked yeah. me off to be honest, and I don't know how to process it. Of
5: course, it. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about the the concept and the idea of forgiveness that I think is, you know, just inundated in our culture from Judeo-Christian beliefs. And, you know, I just want to acknowledge that that you can't jump to forgiveness and have it be genuine there's a process that we have to go through in order to get there in the first place um, of expressing and owning our feelings of asserting our needs and our boundaries. And I also want to say that I don't always think it's necessary for true healing to occur within, right? There needs to be a certain level of internal resolution as it relates to the people that have harmed us, but I don't think that that necessarily requires us to forgive or be in contact you know or any of those kinds of things and i know that's contradictory to a lot of the messaging that we've received but you know i i just hear you in in what you're describing as you know you are sort of the 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 one that is put in a position to be better than or to you know buck up or to be the 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 the, the you know the mediator or the person that um steps up in the situation and i think it's a you know, just it's too much responsibility. Um, it's unfair. It's unjust. And, and my heart goes out to you, AJ. James, oh, wow. uh, if you're
0: you. just joining us, we're talking with marriage and family therapist, James Gay. I think oftentimes just to piggyback what AJ is saying is we're told to be the bigger person. I know from me and my family, my aunt always says, just be the bigger person, be the bigger person. And recently I started therapy mm-hmm. and she said you know what, Michaela? you don't need to be the bigger person. Sometimes you just need to say F you. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like a therapist said
5: that? Freedom. And then right. I was like, oh
0: <laughs> my God, this relief that came off of yeah. my shoulders because I think that we're taught, Good. forgive, be the mm-hmm. bigger person. And then we just kind of get stuck having to still deal with all these feelings where while well, everybody else gets to act like the child. And yep. so... Is it okay to say "f you" simply like like? Can AJ <laughs> literally be like, "Hey, Carrie, f you"? <laughs> I mean, I will for him, but right, he said right. I
5: can't. It. <laughs> <laughs> totally, it's 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 one of those things where it's not our job as sexual or gender minorities to make other people feel comfortable about their homophobia, biphobia or transphobia. Right? It is just not our burden to hold. And even if the systems of oppression want that to happen, want us to be the better person or to be quiet or not stand up for ourselves or not have a natural, organic human response to hate. That is completely unfair and, and not helpful for any of us, right? We have to be able to own who we are, push back, set boundaries. Being the better person in these instances, is, as far as I'm concerned, is about speaking our truth. It can be with love, but firmness and, and saying, no, you don't get to dictate that for me. You don't get to speak to me that way. It is not okay. Right. Yeah. Mm.
0: Oh, thank you so much, James Gay. So thank good. you for yeah, thank um, you. also just giving our listeners permission to say F U because I, I think it's just something that we don't talk <laughs> about enough. And we appreciate you so much. Now, coming yeah. up uh, in the next hour is gay culture disappearing. We're going to talk about what one director has to say. Coming up next.
3: And the way you brought me back to God, back to church. I didn't expect that to ever happen. You're the love of
5: my
3: life, <laughs> I'm obsessed with you, <laughs> will you spend forever, forever <laughs> with me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay y'all, he said yes, he said yes. He said yes. <laughs> All right, all right, come on.
4: Come on
3: you know what I love? Okay, Michaela, I got to tell you this. Okay, so for I'm our so listeners, out of out of, out of a safety precautions, Mikayla's recording from home right now, and Justin, our producer, and I are in the studio. You're so delayed singing with the music because you're a little bit behind it because you can't hear oh. it. <laughs> 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 She's a way better singer than that, people, I swear to God. Oh, no. Oh,
0: thank you.
3: So funny. Yeah, so no, that was us, uh, me asking my partner of almost nine years to marry me back on Christmas morning of this past year. And then we actually, he edited and released the entire proposal video on YouTube, much of which you shot, Michaela, because you helped me go get the ring on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. And and you kept talking because you wanted to be part of the video. So he put you in there a little bit. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, we shared that yesterday. And uh, it's funny to hear the, the Christmas music in the background. And it's also weird that we're close to Christmas again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that okay, far away.
0: First of all, I'm not even, I'm not prepared. So, I have this Christmas single um, that you know, and we listen to it. And I just I'm say it Sugar and Spice. Just say it. it. Sugar and Spice. And so the CW uh, called me. I had to film with them yesterday. And they said, hey, we're going to shoot the Christmas special in like two weeks. Do you want to do Sugar and Spice? And I was like, no, it's August. And then I was like, oh, so this is when you start preparing the Christmas stuff in August to have it ready for November. That's going to be here tomorrow.
3: Yeah. Pretty wild stuff. Can't believe it. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, And if you missed, (coughs) excuse me, our last hour. Um, you, the road to uh, to getting married has, is never easy for anybody. And for me in particular recently, it's been really, really difficult. Some family issues, some religion, and just a lot of stuff like rearing its ugly head once again that I thought we, you know, we moved past. And I think a lot of people can relate to these conversations. Uh, so we had a really candid conversation um, with our marriage and family therapist, James Gay. If you missed it, or if it's something that you're going through, or you need help having a conversation with a family or a friend, um, who maybe doesn't understand who you are, or isn't ready to celebrate you, uh, and maybe they're even condemning you? Uh, go ahead and download the uh, the Morning Beat our podcast over at Odyssey.com. That is A U D A C Y. And com. uh, then coming up this uh, this hour, in about 13 minutes from right now, we're actually going to play a game, a drinking game, because we went to therapy last hour and it was a lot. It was a lot. It was heavy. Uh, mm-hmm. So why not just recover with a fun game? Uh, so join, okay. us, join us for that in just a little bit. Uh, right now, though, it's time for uh, some news on the beat. Michaela, what do you got for us?
0: Okay, well, there's a lot going on. More than 98% of U.S. residents now live in an area with a high or substantial risk of COVID-19 community transmission, a CDC metric that involves case numbers and test positivity rates. A mere month ago, that figure was only 19%. Now, in some areas like Cobb County and Georgia, Some schools have already had to switch to virtual learning to keep kids safe from rising infections. Experts are hoping to get children vaccinated soon and to re-up protection for vulnerable populations, which could turn these worrying trends around. The FDA is expected to announce within days that it is authorizing COVID-19 vaccine booster shots for some people Who are immunocompromised? Meanwhile, U.S. intelligence officials tasked with investigating the origins of COVID 19 are nearing the end of their 90 day assignment and have drafted a classified report now under preliminary review. In other news, as Congress enters the August recess, Democratic organizations are hoping to keep the energy up following the recent flurry of activity around some of President Biden's top agenda items. Pro-Biden groups plan to spend millions of dollars in ad buys and other campaign opportunities to tout the multi-trillion dollar infrastructure bill and budget resolution that just passed through the Senate. This is the first prolonged congressional recess since Biden took office in January. And moments like this are key to growing and maintaining public support, Dems are also hoping to project an air of bipartisan cooperation as the all-important 2022 midterm elections approach. All right. Rainbow flags were stolen by vandals at a Virginia university and replaced with Confederate flags this past week in the act of hate that left students feeling hurt, uh, saddened and scared, calling it an active display of hate and unacceptable and malicious. The Wesley Center at Virginia Tech called out the unknown vandals who stole their rainbow flag for the third time in two weeks. The Wesley Center is a religious center on campus and they have flown the rainbow flag for years. The previous two times the rainbow flag was stolen, but this past Saturday, the perpetrators left a Confederate flag. This one was just an escalation when the Confederate flag was put up in its place. Uh, That was said by campus minister Brett Gresham, who runs the Wesley Center. He did say, we know this act of hate can be traumatic and triggering for many. Please reach out if you need to process or talk about this event with anyone. Alright, let's get into a little weather It's going to be uh, brought to you by McDonald's It's here and it's queer 108 in Cathedral City A high of uh, 100 in Sacramento 90 in Chicago 99 in Baltimore 95 in Phoenix And 88 in Miami Now head on over to McDonald's to get a freezing cold Coca-Cola slushie For just a dollar fifty. Now give us a vibe of the day
3: If you focus on success, you'll have stress But if you pursue excellence, success will be guaranteed
0: Yeah, I love that. All right, well, we were going to have another really heavy conversation, but instead, it's been a heavy day for our Therapy Thursdays, so we're moving to things we enjoy, cocktails. We're having a cocktail quiz coming up next.
3: If you like pina coladas. well, that's a simple question. Uh, yeah. I love pina coladas. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I love? I love a good game, and we've had a stressful morning. Listen, we dove into conversion therapy and religion and sexuality. It was a lot the last hour. Yeah, it was. And, uh... As I wrap up most of my, th- uh, my uh, therapy sessions, I like to have a cocktail afterwards. So we're going to play a little cocktail quiz right now that our producer came up with because he knew we needed it today.
0: Love it.
4: So yeah, here- we did.
3: So here we are. Justin, what are the rules?
4: All right, so it's just questions about cocktails. You get them, you answer them right, you get a point. I feel Simple like okay. Easy.
3: Can I just say this? And I adore you for this, Justin. I feel like um, he knows I've been going through it lately emotionally, and he also knows that I used to be a bartender. So I feel like this was sort of catered to me. But we'll see. Well, we'll see. he also we'll
0: knows I'm a lush, so it might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Two
3: experts>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start off with
4: Michaela. Ladies first, Michaela. What is the most popular cocktail in the
0: world? Vodka soda. Uh,
3: hey, Jay. Oh, in the world? In the world. Oh, gosh. A margarita.
0: Oh, ah, wow. Ah,
4: and he's on the board.
3: I chugged margaritas steal. in Thailand. I've chugged them in Bali. I've been all over the place. I've had margaritas. They don't make them as good there, though, to be fair. Wow.
4: Question number two, building on your lead. What is the difference that makes a white Russian from a black
3: Russian? Oh, um, the white Russian to a black Russian is um, cream. Milk, I'll give it to yeah, you. Milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so
4: two nothing. Michaela,
3: you know. I was a really good bartender, by the way. Michaela yeah, remembers. he
4: really was. Michaela, what is the signature cocktail of the, co- of the Kentucky Derby? Oh, please.
0: Of the Kentucky Derby?
3: Yes. Kayla, I did content for the Kentucky Derby this year and made a whole video about it on my Instagram that you commented on, so you better get this right.
0: Well, shoot, honey, I can't remember. Not a Moscow mule.
3: <laughs> Close. It's like a cousin, the mint like, julep.
0: Oh yeah. I, you know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: Listen, okay, so I have mint and julep cups at my home, uh, stainless steel ones that I got for that. Uh, so sometime you're going to have to come over and I'll make you one they to delicious.
0: Okay, okay.
4: AJ, to try to make it four to nothing and, you know, build on your lead. What is the pomegranate-flavored liquid used as a sweetener in drinks like a tequila sunrise or a Shirley Temple?
3: Oh, grenadine. Come on. I thought that was cherry, though. No, it's actually pomegranate. Okay. You're just now joining us. We had Listen, we had a rough morning. Morning, We took on religion, gay conversion therapy. It's been a lot, So We're playing a cocktail quiz right now, and I'm leading four to zero. Michaela,
0: it's your turn. Come on, all right, here to we get go. On the board,
3: to get on the board
4: Michaela in what cocktail would you find Worcestershire sauce as an ingredient?
0: <laughs> this game sucks. I'm ready. A bloody mary? Do you give up? <gasps> Good job. Oh my gosh. I'm on the board. Good job. She got one. All right. Who's a big girl? How do you say it? Worcestershire? Wor- Worcestershire? Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Yeah.
3: Worcestershire. Or 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 if you're from Ohio, we're I like it better like
4: that. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, what is Don Draper's favorite cocktail in the TV show Mad
3: Men? Oh, gosh. Probably, I would guess it's one of these two. I would say Old Fashioned. Yeah. I just guessed. I've never, I've never seen an episode in my life. Five to one. This also, is becoming a blowout. Also, besides margaritas, my favorite cocktail is also an old fashioned.
0: Oh, no. I love old fashions. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Michaela,
4: to try to close the le- gap, what is Carrie Bradshaw's ca-
3: favorite oh, cocktail? Please. Choice? A martini. No. Michaela, it's a cosmopolitan. Oh, my God. Which is a, oh, which is a
0: martini? Type,
3: yeah, type, sort of. That's Not really. Adjacent.
0: Okay, why don't you just yell at me?
3: Okay, how about I go again? This is fun. Yeah, 6-1, I'll
4: give you one more round to each. Okay. AJ, since you're so smart right now, where did the pina colada originate from?
3: Uh, I believe the pina colada originated in Brazil? <laughs> Colombia. okay.
4: Michaela, your chance to steal.
0: Oh, honey, I don't know, but I just thought it was so incredible how AJ goes like this. It was literally Jeopardy. He was like, I believe the pina colada originated in Brazil. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what is Puerto Rico? That's where oh, it came from. Oh, I knew it was somewhere tropical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michaela, your last question. I mean, you're not going to catch up, okay. but hey, just to close the gap a little bit. The Moscow Mused, Moscow mule is usually served in what type of mug? Oh, I know this. A
0: uh, A copper.
3: Yeah! Good oh, job. Thank God. That was close. Was...
0: Who won?
3: I, after yeah. an intensive,
4: <laughs> after <an> intensive game, <laughs> six to two being the final score. AJ
3: Gibson, congratulations! You're not only listen, engaged, listen, engaged, you're also won the game. Thank you, thank you. I I slung drinks, or slung drinks. I was yeah. slung drinks for many, many years. I've worked at every bar in WeHo, honey. I know a cocktail.
4: I thought that was just a, just a euphemism.
3: Well, <laughs> that
2: too.
3: <laughs> it's that time again. Let's send our listeners off into the day with some love and light in their hearts with Tell Me Something Good. How about this? A baby born in Singapore was thought to be the world's smallest at birth. Guess how much this baby weighs? How
0: much? Seven point
3: five. Ounces.
0: Oh, my gosh. I was a baby.
3: Uh-huh. Uh, was born last June and was just, just over a year later discharged to go home. Uh, spent 13 months in the hospital at Singapore's National University Hospital. Um, believed to be the smallest baby ever born. Premature baby. Name is Quek. Uh, Kwek, quek Yu Zuan or Schwann, was born almost four months early in an emergency C-section, again, weighing 7.5 ounces, just so you can compare and have an idea of what that is in your mind. Um, It's about the size of an apple, about the weight of an apple,
0: like a regular-sized
3: apple. Just unbelievable, Uh, and just goes to show you what technology can do. Uh, Advances in science and medicine made this possible for these two parents to bring home their their child 13 months later and i'll tell you my little niece claire uh was born very prematurely and she just celebrated the birthday the other day so happy birthday claire happy birthday um, baby and i and i didn't get to meet her initially when she was born you know she went through you know she was in the icu for a bit and then of course you know i i live out here in california so when I did get to meet her, I was just blown away by her, and she's grown to be the most incredibly kind, intelligent, talented uh, young girl. She's She takes karate lessons, uh, and she's really, really good at it, she, but she's also a dancer, and she's a little artist, and she's just like the coolest little girl, and she's also a really great big sister, her sister Sierra, um, and she was born prematurely, very, very prematurely. I, on the other hand, was a month late. I came out ten pounds or like nine pounds, I think. <laughs> but, um, uh, but just the technology of it all is just incredible, and we're so happy for this little baby to go go home with her mommy and daddy.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, this story is amazing. So, um, Walmart decided to pay employees college tuition, which I think is so incredible. It's so important um, that this youth is um, educated. You know, with all these IG models and social media influencers. People should still go to school, but they don't want to pay for it uh, because it's very expensive and nobody wants that kind of debt. Uh, But Target is now joining Walmart in paying employees college tuition. And it's incredible. Target joins a growing list of retailers that will cover 100% of college tuition and textbooks for its U.S.-based part-time and full-time employees. So you don't even have to be a full-time employee. You can literally work part-time and then go to school. And that's a lot. And a lot of people already have to have full-time jobs and go to school. But to know that the money that you're making can just go to rent or to food and not worry about schooling, I think is incredible. Uh, The retail giant hopes its expanded benefits will attract and retain talent in a tight job market. More than 340,000 target employees will be able to choose from approximately 250 programs at more than 40 schools and universities across the country.
3: Love it. It's incredible. It's so cool. It makes them more competitive too. And they're realizing that, that after this pandemic, people are realizing, no, we have options. We don't have to do the same thing yes. we always did. So while they might not be raising the minimum wage to a level that is quite acceptable just yet, uh, there are other incentives and and. And getting the free tuition is a big one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. All right. Well, this Tell Me Something Good is brought to you by McDonald's. If you see a McDonald's today, stop on by for a frozen Coca-Cola, just $1.50. So delicious. I had one yesterday. We have a great show for you tomorrow. We're talking about, um, the thanks to a new film, uh, is Gate culture disappearing? We'll discuss in depth. But for now, wash your hands, wear your masks. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.